It's the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach, show number 75, May 9, 2008. Hot off the press, just a few minutes ago, I interviewed Ben Curtis right here in the upstairs of my home. Ben is a local entrepreneur and Rails developer in the Seattle area. He has several different sites and startups of his own, including Catch the Best for managing the hiring process and Rails Kits where you can buy the foundation of a Rails application for things such as recurring billing. We talked about entrepreneurship and running your own business and how that all fits together. The Ruby on Rails podcast is sponsored by Atlantic Dominion Solutions, located at techcfl.com. ADS is a web development innovator that specializes in building user-focused Rails applications and enhancing their performance with Amazon Web Services. ADS also provides 24-7 monitoring and management of EC2 deployments, as well as fully managed hosting on virtual servers optimized for Rails applications. So it's Jeffrey Grossenbach, Rails Podcast and I realized a couple weeks ago is I've really never done interviews in Seattle. Here, I've been doing this two and a half years or something like that. And and so over the next couple weeks, I'm going to be doing a couple of interviews with different Rails-based startups in Seattle, of which there are quite a few. Yep. Once I started thinking about it, I came up with this huge list. And uh, first on the list was Ben Curtis, Seattle area, and... Probably well known to Rails developers for his site AgileWebDevelopment.com, which lists a whole bunch of Rails plugins, and that's been around for a couple of years. Shows up on highly in Google results anytime <laughs> I search for a ra- any kind of Rails plugin. Yep. Also has a blog at BenCurtis.com and has several different uh, startups and projects: Conference Meetup, Catch the Best, Rails Kits, Money Train. Uh, publication that you, book that you PDF book you wrote and a PayPal integration book and code as well. So good morning. Good morning. So the biggest thing that I uh, or where I want to start with is the idea. You've obviously implemented several different uh, of your ideas and they're mm-hmm. part of your monthly income. Where do you come up with an idea <laughs> and? How do you narrow it down once you do? Because I'm sure you have many ideas that you haven't implemented yet. Yeah, the narrowing down is the hard part. I got I got ideas all the time. Uh, you keep a little notebook? or I do. I do keep a notebook. In fact, I use XPad. Can I see that notebook? <laughs> sure, I'll show it to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not locked away, uh, no, special I, passcode. I have or... so many ideas, I give them away. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, it's, the hard thing is, is picking out which ideas to actually spend time on because the shortage is time. Uh, but yeah, I get ideas from stuff that I need, like Catch the Best just came out of a need that I had when I was an engineering manager. And Catch the Best is for helping people organize hiring mm-hmm. process, looking at all the candidates, having different people comment on qualifications, interview, all those things. Yeah, I mean, basically I was doing hiring and I was you know, getting barraged by emails from people responding to my job ads. And so I just needed a way to kind of manage that process better than my inbox. So Catch the Best idea. Uh, conference meetup is kind of the same thing where, you know, I want to meet people at conferences, but, you know, they get large and it's hard to meet people while you're there. So I figured a way to kind of meet people before the event so I know who is who. So there you go. So you have all these ideas. You choose to implement some. For some, like conference meetup, 
you implemented it. It was up for a couple months, and then you sold it uh-huh. pretty quickly. Is that part of the idea as well of, okay, this is an idea that I want to keep for myself and, and uh, run long-term, and here's another idea that I think would be interesting to, to another company or, or business to buy, and so I'm going to implement this and try to sell it off, or does it just kind of happen as it happens? Well, every idea for me is something that I want to hang on to and just uh, have kind of a cash machine. So every idea I build that's something that I want to keep for a long time and, and have, you know, building revenue. Uh, but it just so happened that someone was interested in conference meetup, so you know I sold it. Uh, so I, I never, uh, I never, you know, ignore people who want to who are interested, but uh, I don't go actively looking for people to buy my stuff. I think that's a big thing you said. That part of the reason is you want to make a business that is a cash machine and, and just keeps going. Mm-hmm. That must be a part of the the qualification process of which ideas you want to implement, as far as how much work it's going to take to keep it going because obviously you've got several going at once. Definitely. Yeah, I'm a big believer in actually building stuff that people want to pay me money for as opposed to just the, the, the wish and a dream of, of advertising or the Google buyout. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it really is a matter of, you know, what can I build out there quickly? What can I get up that doesn't have much customer support requirements so that I can, you know, move on to the next idea and just have the, the residual income. Now this leads somewhat into implementation, but... Mm-hmm. When you have ideas, do you start out with a, a budget of, a, okay, I'm going to spend one month working on building this, I'm going to spend X number of dollars, and I hope for it to actually become profitable within a certain com- number of months? Do you think to that level of detail, or is it more of a, a step-by-step process? No, it's not typically to that level of detail. I just uh, I kind of evaluate. I guess I go with the gut. You know, Are people going to be interested enough to make it worth the time that I'm going to spend, whether I, I, figure, I figure it's going to be a month or it's going to be a week, you know, am I going to get the payout from that? So it's kind of a rough, a rough plan of the same idea, but not to the level of detail of actually, you know, planning out the year's worth of income or anything. What's the longest time time to market for a project? Seemed like catch the best. You put a lot of effort into that. You hired subcontractors. That was kind of a, was that your biggest project so far? Yeah, that's the, been the biggest involvement so far, and that was um, that was about. Uh, I'd say eight or ten months from idea to actually having something launched. And so that was, you know, part-time work and, like you said, getting some subcontractors to help out with it. Um, so, you know, that wasn't a, uh, let's cram it in and get it done, but it just, you know, took some planning and it took a little bit of thought to get that one out there. And in those eight to ten months, it wasn't profitable. You were putting money out. Mm-hmm. You weren't making money. And maybe even t- took a few months after that to become profitable well, it was it was actually profitable off the bat once I launched. I launched with enough people paying first for it. First day, yeah. first week. Yeah. So th- that was nice. Uh, I mean, now my costs are really low, right? Because the hosting is taken care of with my other projects. So uh, really the only other cost that I have is time spent in customer service, and, and that's very small. So that's the benefit. Now it's cash flow positive, and it's just a matter of income. So you do the customer service yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't subcontract that out to other people. No. How do you, is that part of your process as well of choosing, okay, I'm going to actually do the coding on this or I'm just going to have the idea or I'm going to have somebody else do the graphic design? Do you choose those as part of what you enjoy doing or just how long it's going to take or, or what you have? Do you have any uh, reasons for choosing which parts you're going to do and which parts you're going to subcontract? Well, I can't design my way out of a paper bag, so <laughs> that part I always need help on. 
but other than that, I enjoy all the aspects of it. I love, you know, even just, you know, setting up the server all the way to, you know, email exchanges with customers. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't set out any, anything else because I, I just do what I enjoy. And that's kind of a luxury that I, that I have is that I get to pick the projects I want to work on and, and uh, the things that I want to do. Now, do you have a team of people that you subcontract to, out to, or does it depend on, on each project? I have a few people that I go to for you know, on a regular basis for like design or for doing an HTML build from a PSD and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, but it, it kind of varies, you know. People are available or not available as time goes on. So, but I do have a few people that I like to ping on a you know on a regular basis. And I see maybe you even use Catch the Best to find people. Sure. Yeah. In fact, uh, I use Catch the Best to find some subcontractors in my freelancing work. And that worked out uh, really well. I, I got some good contacts that way. I feel like often many terms for these, you know, lifestyle business, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely having your own business allows you a lot more control over your lifestyle and the, the, the kinds of things that you do. Sure. Sometimes, though, I feel like I get to the point to where it's like I'm all my time is spent answering email <laughs> and to an extent managing people and, and conversing, which is great, but I kind of have to give myself the luxury of actually doing some coding every once in a while. Do you get into that spot at all? Well, uh, I keep it real by doing some freelance work. You know, I, that's that's what I enjoy. I love building stuff. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of non-work work, you know, that's, that comes from running our business. So that's, you know, driving over to see the accountant, you know, about the taxes or dealing with customer emails or all that. I and mean, there's a lot of things that go on that aren't, um, you know, right in the code. So, yeah, you do have to to uh, take that into consideration if you're going to run your own business and uh, or even just freelance for yourself. Still, there's a lot of administrative work that has to be done. Do you enjoy that part of it, or is it just kind of something that has to be done to, to get it going? I love that stuff. Yeah, I love it all. Uh, I guess I'm one of the one of the rare birds that loves both the technology side and the business side. So, you know, trying to figure out a marketing strategy is fun as as fun as you know building the product itself. Which leads well to, to the third topic: promotion. Mm-hmm. You have an idea, you spend one month to ten months implementing it. How do you actually get it out there and let people know about it? Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I think to me, marketing is the hardest part because I don't really have that background. Some people, that's very easy for them, but they don't have as easy time as building Rails code. <laughs> so, you know, it's a give or take. Uh, I found one thing that's really key in promotion is, especially for your first few projects, is find a market that you have easy access to. So, <clears throat> in the case of Conference Meetup, I had a bunch of peers who were interested in the same kind of things, and so it was easy to kind of spread the word that way. Uh, Rails kits was really easy because, you know, I've already got people reading the blog, I've got the plugin directory, I've got ways to reach those people. Uh, Catch the Best is really hard for me because I don't have an avenue into all the small businesses in the, in the world, right? So uh, that's one of the thing factors that I'm using now that I've had some experience with that is what's my, how am I going to get access to that market to do that marketing? And that does impact uh, the kind of projects that I might choose to take on. And yet somehow Catch the Best managed to be profitable right away so you must either you had a good enough business plan that you didn't need tens of thousands of users or you had a little bit of of interest in it to start Mm -hmm. off yeah there was some interest there to start off and you know word of mouth is very powerful and uh, 
Cash the Best does have a very good appeal to people just like me because I wrote it for myself, right? So, you know, if you're a CTO of a small startup, you know, or uh, you're, you're one of three or five guys looking for subcontractors for your agency, you might already know who I am and might already, you know, be someone that I already have access to. And so it's those kind of people are the kind of customers that I already have for Cash the Best. So, so with your freelancing, you interact with a lot of other companies and that's almost both work for you and promotion for, for some of your products. Definitely. You also got some great quotes on there by Shopify who used Catch the Best to, mm-hmm. to hire some people. Do you try to promote to places like that thinking, okay, let's if I get a you know, a good startup to to use this and say good things, then then that's worthwhile. Or did they just find it and use it and had great things to say about it? Uh, well, Shopify just just found it. I think just through my blog, and I know Toby from uh, RailsConf back in uh, 2006, I guess it was. Uh, you know, doing some e-commerce things, we have that kind of in common. Um, and I'm always I'm always on the lookout for good testimonials for my my stuff. You know, if someone's happy about it, I want to know about it and and tell the people about that because that helps. Uh, so they were happy to to give that testimony because they they enjoyed catch the best and yeah it's definitely for me something that's useful to someone else who says oh Shopify I know who Shopify is you know I can relate to them uh, they're like me uh, if, if they like it then maybe I'll like it so they were actually a paying customer mm-hmm. and yep and they used it and they they were, they were one of the first I think within a couple of days of launching they were, they were they were in there yeah. It does seem that when I actually, as you do this, there may be areas that you aren't very confident, for example, promotion, and yet you learn things just as developers were, you know, I'm always reading books and, mm-hmm. and reading blogs and trying to learn new skills. And by being a, a little bit of an entrepreneur, you kind of add to your skills in that way as Definitely. well, which to me is just kind of a, a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Is really great. You, you know, you better yourself as a person, and, and suddenly, after a couple of years, you have all these skills that you know. I hate marketing, and yet <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a you know half decent job for the size of business that I have, and right. and uh, maybe feel like I might even have a few things to say from what different kinds of things mm-hmm. that I've learned. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in personal education and always reading, always learning more things. I mean, my library card is well used because I'm, I'm checking out those marketing books and those business books. And uh, yeah, I love it. I, I love learning new things and develop. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a skill, just like learning to write code is a skill. Uh, some people have a natural talent for it and some people don't. But either way, you can still improve your skills from wherever you are now to wherever you want to be. And uh, so that's my challenge to myself is, yeah, I know the code pretty well. I can do that kind of stuff in my sleep. But learning how to do the marketing, learning how to do the business side, learning how to be an entrepreneur and run a business, I read the books all the time and, and get better at it and, and learn as I go. I'll throw in here an idea of my own is, as well is just uh, friends, even or especially outside of the computer industry who have different kinds of skills and taking them out to lunch. Yeah, I have a friend, he sells fish. I think mm-hmm. now he's in a different job and he sells uh, uniforms. And I took him out to lunch and I said, hey, tell me about sales and, and uh, that kind of side of things. And in 45 minutes, he told me more than I could have learned in, you know, probably six months or a year just trying to learn it on my own. And and people like that really enjoy giving their advice and, and giving their knowledge 
you know, I'm, I'll pay somebody an hourly fee or, or take them out to lunch, although it's hard to get people to take your money sometimes when, <laughs> it, when it's just a friend. But Or even you. I mm-hmm. had uh, lunch with you, and I said, hey, tell me about e-commerce and credit card processing and stuff like that. To me, that's been just hugely valuable, and I'm not trying to get a cheap deal by <laughs> just hitting up my friends for advice, but people like to like to give advice, and, and they have skills that they've worked for dozens of years gaining those skills. Yeah, that's that's a great tip. Uh, I've gotten a lot, like you, I've gotten a lot of benefit out of friends and acquaintances who know things I don't know, and like you said, I'll take them out to lunch, and they're happy to share that knowledge because it's something that they enjoy, it's something they enjoy talking about. And, you know, we had that lunch, and I love talking about e-commerce stuff, and I'm happy to share. And, uh, you know, the cost of a waffle, you know, or, or a sandwich, great. That's that's great, you know, but it's because to me, I also just enjoy interacting with people and chatting with people. So I love sitting down and talking about business or talking about rails or whatever. You know, I also participate in local startup groups like uh, here in Seattle, we have InPost. Uh, we also have Biznick the independent uh, professional organization. Going to be talking with Dan of Biznick next Wednesday. Yeah, and these are great groups to belong to because you have the... I mean, I went to a Biznick event last year at the Biz Jam. It was great. And I met people who were doing welding, you know, decorative welding for their business. People who, of course, are doing, you know, massage therapy or career counseling. All these different, you know, avenues bring in all this experience. And you know what? We're all trying to market ourselves, right? We're all trying to generate business for ourselves. And so... You can learn a lot from these people who are may have no interest in, in rails or even technology for that matter, but uh, there's a lot of experience out there to get from people who are happy to share it for the price of a lunch. <laughs> it's great to get outside of the tech industry a little yeah. bit too and see all the kinds of businesses and the kinds of things that people are doing. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it's easy to get this idea of, oh, you need to have hundreds of thousands of users, mm-hmm. you need to have venture capital or buyouts knocking at your door, <laughs> you need to... The first thing people will often ask me is, oh, how many employees do you have? Right. As if that's right. a measure of how successful the business is by, you know, oh, I have 8, 10, 20 employees. And yet, you meet other people who, uh, you know, run a small restaurant or even even far, far less than that. Like you said, welders, artists. Mm-hmm. People just happy to uh, be able to make a living, uh, pay their their rent or their mortgage, and uh, do something that they enjoy. Yeah. A couple times been mentioned Rails kits, so that's one of the new things you launched launched uh, just a month or just month a few weeks ago. ago. A few yeah, weeks, yeah. okay. Yeah. And you're actually selling a basic Rails application that people can then take that code and and mm-hmm. uh, run with it. Now, the first thing, well, I, I think that's a great idea, but it seems like <laughs> a lot, the devil's advocate here, a lot of people would say, well, why didn't you just open source? It? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I, I got that a few comments in my blog. Okay, people about did that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've gotten a lot of support. As if you owe that to the world. Any code you write needs to be open source. Well, you know, I can understand that, that background. Now, a lot of these people... Um, have a valid point, you know. It's, if there's a lot of open source out there. Why shouldn't everything be open source? And I can I can see that. At the same time, you know what? It took me a significant amount of time to put that code together, to test it, to make sure it's not going to build someone's credit card, you know, improperly. Like our friends at DreamHost had that slight problem <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a few months ago. Um, and so I think there's some value in that time. And if you're a Rails developer and you say, you know what, I really want to do some subscription billing, and I think it might take me a week 
two weeks to really kind of think through this code and build it out and flesh it out. Is that worth 250 bucks to you to save that time? Well, for some people it is. Some people it's not, and they'll build their own, and that's fine too. Uh, but I think there's value in having a tested solution and someone who's been there and done that you know, a number of times and says, you know, this works. And here, you can do this, buy it, save yourself hours or days of time. There's value there. And I don't think that people should be punished for providing value. <laughs> I mean, your, your peep code is a great example. I mean, how much time is someone going to save, for example, if they buy the Git movie or the Git book and learning Git? Are you going to save an hour, two hours, maybe 12 hours getting up to speed? Is that worth nine bucks to you? Well, of course it's worth nine bucks to you, you know? So there's value there. Now, someone could say, well, it's, you know, it's all open source, it's free. Well, but you provide a lot of value, right? And, the, and organizing all that content and making it digestible, making it, dare I say, even fun to learn the, the, the technical topics. And so I don't think there's any problem with rewarding you for your effort and rewarding the other authors and, and content generators who produce their work. I think there are a lot of fallacies circling out there on the internet okay that's not a surprise people <laughs> believe things that happen to be false uh, on the internet and the world in general but you know one of those is that oh if there's something free then it's impossible to compete with that mm -hmm. and I speaking of Biznick I through Biznick I contacted a uh, business advisor and spent a few sessions talking about just some different business issues I had in mind and, and one of the things that was brought up is that well you know, you're not really, you don't have to compete with the free things, and you can even use those as a benefit, as, uh, you know, to help you, because there are a lot of people who really value paying for something, and for, for an example, Railscasts, free mm -hmm. screencasts uh, right out there, you know, is that a competitor to me? Well, no, I advertise on Railscasts, he's one of the biggest, uh, you know, highest percentage of refers to peep code and uh, people come buy stuff. And I think it's great. I get to support uh, him with some monthly advertising uh, yeah. money and um, he gets to pass some some business my way. And so those the idea of a, a free product and a paid product aren't necessarily mutually exclusive and they can even they can benefit one of another. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So success, mm -hmm. last point here. What do you do when something becomes successful? I think often we either expect success or, or we really hope for it. And uh, at least for me, often I wasn't really ready when <laughs> something became successful. You've had a couple different kinds of success from mm -hmm. just being profitable right away, selling a business. What do you do when you get a whole bunch of customers really uh, interested in your product? You know, what I do is I, 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 you know, pump my fists and dance around. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, you know, like with Rails Kids, I was, I was actually surprised with how, how warm of a reception I got and how successful that was off the bat, too. Uh, I think you have to enjoy it. Uh, you know, that's maybe kind of silly to say, but, you know, so we get caught up in, I want to do the next thing. I want to, you know, I want to get, make to this level or I got this goal I want to accomplish. Uh, the thing that's fun about success is you got you have a chance to party, you have a chance to celebrate and enjoy the fruits of your labors. You know, sit back for a few minutes and just enjoy it. Uh, and even you know, it doesn't have to be a big success. Small successes need to be celebrated. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in the well. What's the next thing? What's the next task? What's the next to do? 
and we don't uh, take enough time to just relax and enjoy what we're doing. Uh, one of the things I love about being self-employed, being a freelancer, whatever you want to call it, is I get to do what I love, and I get to you know support my family while doing that, and I get to really enjoy the process because I, I'm doing what I'm loving. And so you got to take some time every now and then. You got to go and hang out with a friend for lunch and give them some free advice. You know, you got to uh, go to these events and things that are really enjoyable to really celebrate that success that you're having every day. Do you have a kind of a ceiling of success? At least for me, once I learned that people enjoy Peep Code, they find it useful, you know, I could work 24 hours a day <laughs> and yeah. I would probably make tons more money. Well, if I could work 24 hours a day and, and stay awake, you know, I would make tons more money than mm -hmm. I even do now. But I kind of felt like, well, I'm uh, well. I've did a, done a few things. For example, working with a bunch of author, other authors to where collectively there can be a lot more productivity than just one guy, and so um, so doing it that way. But do you have to draw a line and say this business is is successful up to this point, and I would have to put a whole lot more work into it to take it even further? which would destroy my life and so I'm just going to going to kind of maintain it at this level and and be happy with that. I think there are there are two secrets for uh to being wealthy. Two secrets to wealth. And I'll I'll share them freely. One is to spend less money than you make. <laughs> That's easy. And uh two is to not to try and get out of trading time for money. Right? If you know, if all the money you make is tied to your your personal labors, maybe whether it's freelancing or whatever, you, you, obviously there's a cap there, right? You only have so much time. So that's why you see all freelancers and all consultants looking for ways to build products, because at that point you're not trading your time for money anymore. You've got a sunk amount of effort in there, and you're making a, you know additional income while you sleep, which is fantastic. Um, but as far as ceilings go, I, I like to think of them as plateaus. Maybe I'm at a point right now where I'm making all I can make, and I want to get to the next level. Well, then I got to get a little creative about how I'm going to do that. And it's not always, you know, spending more time on. It. Although I love to work, and I, I could spend like you, I could probably spend all my time doing it. But you got to take a break and, and renew yourself. Um, but it's, you know, maybe you're, maybe right now you're sitting in a cubicle, not liking where you are, and uh, you want to make more. You want to spend less time working. Well, then you got to be creative and come up with some ideas on how to. Uh, do that for yourself, and maybe it's a small thing. Uh, you know, Rails kits kind of came out of that. It's like, well, I have this code that I'm I'm doing for people. Why not make it into a product and make money while I sleep? And I love it when I wake up to an email that says, you know, you've got X amount of purchases came in last night. That's great. <laughs> uh, so I think that's the way that you get to that next. You know, get past the plateau you're on to the next one is, how can I either spend less than I'm making, and two, how can I stop trading time for money? That's what it comes down to. I like that trading time for money. It almost seems like it goes the other way, too, of if I can pay someone mm -hmm. X number of dollars to do something that's going to save me time, now that's a valid investment. Bingo. For example, I hate yard work. And it takes me forever. I have a, I have a nice little yard, and, and my kids love to play in it, but I hate mowing it. So I pay someone else to mow that for me, you know? And I get to use that time working for my clients or building another rails kit, you know? So definitely 
uh, I get to save some of my time in exchange for giving away some money. Well, thanks for the conversation. Oh, a lot of uh, a lot of wisdom in there. So uh, catch the best Rails kits and a couple publications about writing your own shopping cart, interacting with PayPal. Of course, I'll put those links on the website. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Uh, I'm sure you always have ideas. Do you feel like you're maxed out right now, or uh, you're still working on the next idea? I'm still working on the next idea. Always. You know, I've got a backlog, you know, okay. so if anybody wants, needs an idea, they can feel free to email me, and I'll, I'll, give, them, I'll give them the best ones. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks also to Rails Machine for providing hosting and bandwidth for the show.